0: We're so glad you tuned in today to Rolling Hills Community Church sermon podcast. I'm Leo Alstrom, the worship arts pastor here at Rolling Hills Community Church. And today we're gonna to be continuing in our series titled One Voice. Pastor Jeff will be teaching from Matthew 28, 18 through 20 and focusing on our roles as Christ followers in reaching out in our spheres of influence. Now here's Jeff. Uh, well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together today, whether you're here in person on our Franklin campus or whether you're watching online from somewhere in the city, the country, or the world. I'm so glad that you're starting off your day, your week, your year off with the Lord, right? You know, when we get this relationship right, it impacts everything else. But so often we try to focus everything else, right? We try to fix everybody around us instead of saying, hey, I want to spend time with the Lord and get focused on what He's called me to do and who He's called me to to be. And so also, welcome back. We're in this great series called One Voice, and we were talking about this. How do we live with one voice? How do we live and listen to the voice of God in our lives? There's so many voices that are calling out to us all the time, right? Your phone is always going off, right? There's social media things that are always out there. There's always news media. There's everything that's calling out. But how do we listen to the voice of God in 2021? How do we live as his disciples and listen to his voice and and hear what he has for us and the plan he has for our lives? And then how do we together as God's church communicate with one voice, Jesus is Lord. He is the hope and the help that this world so desperately needs and for us with one voice to give glory to God. So we're in this series, right? Our vision statement as a church says this, a people of God, that's what we talked about last week, being a people of God, John 10, listening to his voice, Reaching out, growing up, giving all. So this morning we're talking about how we reach out. What does that mean for us as disciples, as followers of Christ? Now, before we dive into our text, we're going to jump into Matthew today. Uh, but before we jump in, you know, this is a big week for our country and for our nation. And so God's Word tells us this in Second Chronicles. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And so I want to do that this morning. I want us just to start today before we dive into the God's Word to to pray for our nation and to pray for God's spirit over us. And so let's pray together. Father God, we need you. And Father God, our our country needs you, our our people need you, Father. And so Lord Jesus, I pray you would come. And God, you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And so that's what we're doing, and seek your face and, and turn from their wicked ways. Your word says, Father, then you will hear from heaven. You'll forgive our sin and you'll heal our land. And so I pray you'll bring healing into our land, Father, I pray for this week. I pray for peace. I pray for civility, Father. I pray, Father, that peace would come, at the inauguration, and I pray for our current president, our president-elect, Father that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them peace, Father. I pray for our states, I pray for our capitals. I pray, Father, for all our elected officials in, in all areas, in all branches of government, Father, and that you would be with them, God, give them wisdom to lead us in this time, Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring revival to this land. God, we just sang about it, but I pray it would come. And Father, start with us as your church. And God, fill us with your Spirit and use us, God, for your glory to announce to this world that that our hope is in Christ. That Jesus is Lord over all. It doesn't matter who's president, it doesn't matter who's in office. It matters that we focus on Jesus. And so God, come and rule in our hearts. Our citizenship is in heaven And you are on the throne eternal. Father, I pray for our children growing up in this day. Father, and there's so much fear and worry in their precious little hearts. God, wrap your arms around them and let them know of the hope in Christ. And so, God, we need you. And Father, we welcome your presence today. And we pray for our nation this week. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray together. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. Let's be praying, church, this week. And let's be loving one another. If you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, the last chapter in Matthew. Now, Matthew is all about Jesus. So it's one of the Gospels that's so great. You know, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels all talking about Jesus. So first book, New Testament. If you're new to the Bible, kind of check it out here. It's amazing. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app or to version. But I want you to see this today because Matthew, you know, is talking about Jesus being the Messiah, right? So Matthew chapter 1 opens with this genealogy connecting the Old Testament, the New Testament, everything in the Old Testament was waiting for the Messiah to come. And all 300 prophecies written hundreds of years before are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is truly the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus comes, he's born God with us, Emmanuel, and he lives on this earth, 33 sinless years So Matthew chapter three, Jesus is baptized at the age of 30, right, as an example for us. Some people go, well, I should have been baptized as a kid. Well, Jesus was 30, right? So there comes a call in your life and your time to follow it, baptism. And and then Jesus, you know, is tempted in the wilderness and and all the challenges that he goes through, you know, we can identify, he can identify with the things that we face and we can identify with Christ. And, And so you see this example of him living that out. He calls these 12 disciples, Matthew's one of them. So, this is an eyewitness account, right? He was there. He saw all these things unfold, the miracles happen. These 12 disciples, these ordinary fishermen, these business guys, and, and God calls them, having this journey. They're following Christ. They're going around with Jesus, his teaching ministry, his healing ministry, the miracles that happen. And then we come to chapter 26, right? And the religious leaders are fed up because everybody's going, man, Jesus is the Messiah. And they're like, I don't know. He's blasphemy. He's saying he truly is God. He is God, right? And that's how he's doing all these miracles. So he's arrested by the Romans, right? He's taken, and he is crucified on a cross. And he died on that cross for your sins and for my sins. None of us will ever be good enough. The price had to be paid, and Jesus came, and he paid it all. All of your past sins, your present sins, your future sins. Jesus took them to the cross. Praise God. He took your place and my place, and he died for us. But then you get to Matthew chapter 28, and death couldn't hold Jesus in the ground. Oh no, he is alive. He was resurrected. He conquered death. Nobody's ever conquered death. Jesus conquered death. And then he calls his disciples, and he gives them this commission. So come here, Matthew chapter 28, pick up here in verse 16. So after his resurrection, right, the 11 disciples went to Galilee. So Judas is out of the picture. Judas betrayed Jesus. There were 12. Now there's 11. And these 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. You know, Jesus had predicted, hey, I will be crucified. After three days, I'll be resurrected. I'm gonna meet you on this mountain. And there they are. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. I always think it's interesting that that's, in there, Matthew goes, you know, man, we were all sold out. We were all like, man, we saw Jesus resurrected, but there were still a few that were like, eh, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, there's this doubt. And maybe you're here today, and there's some doubt. It's okay. God can handle your doubts, right? And God wants you to bring them to him. God wants to do something in your life. But, so some are there, and they're worshiping, and they're praising God. And then Jesus came to them, and he said, all authority in heaven or on earth has been given to me. So red letters, Right here, very words of Jesus, very last words of Jesus on this earth, right? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, Jesus has just conquered death, okay? So the sovereignty of God is on full display right here. And you're thinking, Jesus is going to tell them something, I mean, incredible. I mean, all authority has been given to him. All things were made by him, for him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. And he says, therefore, to his disciples, Go. Go and make disciples of all nations. You guys, don't just stay here, the 11 of you, and kind of build a little tent right here on the mountain with just the 11 of you. No, you guys go. You go and make disciples. You go and share the good news. You go and talk about me uh, to all nations. These guys are like, all nations? We haven't even left the country. You know, what are you talking about? All nations, how are we going to do that? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to go and I want you to tell them about me and then baptizing them, that's identification with Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, right? You're going under the water, the word in Greek, baptism means immerse, you're dying to your old way of life, being raised to walk a new life, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Yeah, You've been with me for three years, now you go share what you've learned. You go share what I've taught you. Some of us have been walking with Jesus for a lot longer than three years. <laughs> now, some people here, you've been walking with Jesus for you know, 15 years or 20 years or 30 years or 50 years, right? But teach, share it. Don't just hold it in. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. And here's the disciples looking up like, that's the plan, right? <laughs> That's the, the plan to share the good news with all the earth is us 11 disciples who aren't perfect, who've made mistakes, who mess up. Some of us, we don't have all of our stuff together. We don't have it all figured out. But you want us now to go and share the good news. You want us to go take it. To, how, about, how about, hold on, how about, how about a direct marketing campaign, right? You know, like, let's bring up. Publicist in, let's, you know, how about just write in the sky, you know? How about I get one of those planes? They're not vended yet, but you know, that would be cool, you know. And yeah, No. Jesus goes, no, you, you go and tell, you go and share, you go and love. That's the plan. That's the mission. You go. Mm-hmm. And now it's come to us. And it's our time and it's our opportunity. And these disciples did. And the question is, will we? Because it's so easy to stay on the mountain. It's so easy to turn in. We've got our holy huddle, and it's all about us. But man, it gets exciting when we go and we share the good news and what God's done in us, and we see lives be changed for the glory of God. Woo! All right, hey, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write some things down. Grab a worship guide. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app. There's some blanks you can fill in just to help you remember, to kind of solidify what God's Word is saying to all of us. So check this out. Here's some things to write down. First of all, as a people of God, we're called to go. As a people of God, we are called to go. Christianity is an active faith. It's not a passive, you know, it's not just, hey, come sit on a mountain, right, and be up there. It's active. Now, there's times you pull away. There's times for spiritual retreats. But you and I are called to go. Jesus said, therefore, go, all Right. Hey, look at this. Go as a present participle. So this means while you're going. While you're going, while you're living your life, right? While you're going to the store, while you're going to school, while you're in your workplace, while you're going, share the good news. Share the good news. Talk about Jesus and the hope that you have in Christ. Live your life on mission. That's what he's saying to the disciples and to us hey, these are the last words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. And they're called the Great Commission. Now you're thinking Jesus could say a lot of things with his last words, right? His last words. But, but he takes this and he commissions them. I've poured into you. I'm handing off the baton. You pour into others. You go share the love that I've placed in you. in this commission that we have been commissioned as followers of Christ, right? I love that. Hey, look. The church is not a country club. Hmm. See, a lot of times in Western Christianity or in cultural Christianity, we kind of come to the mindset of, hey, the church is a country club. It, it, it's just here for me. It's all about me, right? And there's some good country clubs around. You can go and swim and you know, play golf and tennis and you know, get a towel or whatever you do. Right? You all, it's fine. It's great. If you're in a country club, great. That's, that's, that's wonderful. But listen, the church isn't a country club. See, a country club exists for the members, Right, you come there, and the whole staff is there to wait on you and to, you know to bring you a hot dog after you're round or whatever, you know. That's what they do. But the church is here to empower us to live out our faith. The church is here to encourage us and to pray with us and to help us be the hands and feet of Christ. The church exists for the poor and the forgotten and the lost. The church exists to engage in a world of Need It's not just come here and we're gonna close the gates and it's all of us and we love each other. And it is amazing. I mean, I love it, right? But, but no, the church is here to empower us to go. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. You can look it up later on if you want to write down that note. But, but it's this, it says, it was he, that's God, who gave some to be apostles and pastors and teachers and you know, evangelists, why? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity of faith and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the, what the call is, is for the staff is for us to empower one another to go and live out our faith. That's right. See, you can do ministry in a way that I can't. You have gifts that I don't. Like, I'm a terrible singer. I'm a horrible. They wouldn't put me on the worship team. I audition every year. I never get picked. I'm always upset, you know, because I love worship. I love to sing, but I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But, but praise God, we've got some amazing people who have that gift. You are in a place that I'm not. Some of you are just incredible teachers and you, you work with kids or some of you are great at construction and man, you can build anything. But when you put all of our gifts and talents together, we can make a difference. That's exciting. You have a sphere of influence that I don't. You have people at work or your home, your neighborhood that I never will. But we come and we encourage each other. That's why we call church, not members here at Rolling Hills, we call us partners. When you join the church, you're a partner. We're locking arms together. We're serving God together. We're on mission Together, hey, you should always be taking a next step in your own spiritual journey. See, it'd be easy for the disciples, right, to get on that mountain and stay right there, but Jesus says, go, grow, become, you know, take a next step, right? Maybe for you it's baptism, or or maybe for you it's having a spiritual conversation with somebody. Maybe for you it's praying in your home or with your spouse or with your roommates. Maybe a next step is joining a community group. Maybe the next step is going on a mission trip. But always be growing and going. You know, as a church, I told you last week that we started, you know, uh, 18 years ago in an apartment clubhouse in Cool Springs. We had 15 people, and there we were meeting on a Bible study on Thursday nights. But we knew it can't just be about us. And so a friend of mine called and said, "Hey, Jeff, would you bring a mission team to Moldova?" And I said, "Where's Moldova? Right? Like I didn't even know. Like, I got to look it up. And it's Eastern Europe." smallest, poorest country in the former Soviet Union. But the statistic that he got, that got me was this, he said, you know, 60% of girls trafficked into prostitution in Eastern Europe come out of this country of four million. And he goes, there are state-run orphanages there, and these kids are in desperate need. And I said, hey man, we got 15 people, we don't have a lot of money, we don't have anything, but we're gonna pray about it, we're gonna go. And eight months later, church, we took 18 people and went. And we went to Moldova and we fell in love with these kids and just fell in love with what God was doing. The next year we did two trips. The next year we did three trips. And then we started Justice and Mercy International to have a nonprofit. So, that, so we bought a home, a transitional home because these kids come out of the orphanage and 15 or 16, they have no place to go. And so as a church, we're meeting in a movie theater. We don't have a building for our own here in the United States. We paid $250,000 and our first house was in Moldova. Our first building was in this country in Eastern Europe for a bunch of orphan girls that God started working in their lives and changing their hearts. And I just love that about you, church. It's in our DNA. And so that's why we do things like the Father Son Bowl. Darren and Carrie Clark have the Father Son Bowl and be out there and volunteering and helping out right across the street and, and, and these kids playing with their dads and all these little boys will say it's the best day of the year. You get to play football with my dad or my granddad and, and people coming around. And then we have a special Sunday time and it's just all kids who are fatherless and they come and they have an awesome time Or we go to the mall and do the wrapping station, right? Many of you have been at the wrapping station. And, and a couple years ago, we wrapped 20,000 gifts for free and, and just telling people about Jesus. Or we go and have a new campus in Nolensville or Nashville or Columbia. It, it's our call. And it'd be so easy just to say, hey, we, we're all happy here. We got a great thing. We're just going to stay right. No, Jesus goes, go. People need the Lord. Hey, that's our call. All right, notice this one. We are called to make disciples. We're called to go and make disciples. Now think about that. You know, Jesus said, you know, go and make disciples. And we'll make disciples, right? We'll make disciples, right, of, of titans or preds. or you know, We talk about a lot of different things. But are we making disciples of Christ? Are we talking about Jesus? Okay, notice this one. Sometimes it's awkward for us to have a spiritual conversation. You ever feel that tension? I know you do. We all do. I, I do. I'm a pastor. so you know, I, There's times. There's a guy in our men's group and he was talking. He goes, you know, at the end of every year, I, I take all my sermon notes. He, he takes all the sermon notes and he goes, I take all my sermon notes from Sunday and then I go back at the end of every year, and I look back through what God's been teaching me. And he goes, and there's times I write in the margins, you know, and, and God's speaking to me, and he goes, He goes, there's a, there's a name that just kept coming up this year that a guy our work, and I noticed his name like three or four times, and I, and I just felt like, man, God had been telling me all year that I needed to invite him to church and talk to him about Jesus. And, and he goes, and I look back on this year, and I haven't done it, but I can realize that God has been speaking to me. And, and I think about that, that, that we all of us, there's times that God prompts our hearts, and then we have this tension like, ah, uh, what do I do? And sometimes it's our own family. And we go, man, I want to talk to them, and, but I don't know what to say, and I don't want to mess it up, right? You ever been there? People say, don't talk about religion or politics. but well, We talk about politics a lot, you know, but it's like religion, we're like, oh, I don't know, you know? And there's this tension that we feel. But here's what First Peter says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, So if Christ is Lord in my heart and my life, then I'm gonna do what God's called me to do. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And so as a Christ follower, there's gonna be people who are gonna come up and say, hey, what's different about you? I mean, there's some joy in your life. There's some peace in your life. And are we ready to give an answer and say, hey, listen, I gotta tell you, it's not me. (laughs) I gave my life to Christ several years ago and God's been working in my heart. I've just been so encouraged. I've been reading the Bible. My, my life is— Are we ready to share that hope? But do this with gentleness and respect. You know, we're not called to beat people over the heads with the Bible. You know, that, no. Yeah, that's not God's call for us. God's call is just to share the story, to share the love of what God's doing in our own life. Hey, making disciples starts at home. Parents, grandparents, everybody out here—aunts, uncles—that this is our call. And are we giving our kids a spiritual foundation? I mean, we'll talk to our kids a lot of time about homework. We talk a lot about homework, right? <laughs> we talk about their grades. We talk about, you know, make good decisions, you know, those things. But, but are we giving them a spiritual foundation? Because they're going to face challenges in life. Are they going to know where to go? Are they going to be involved in a community of believers? Are they going to have godly friends? Making disciples starts at home. God has put you in your home, your school, your workplace, and your neighborhood for a purpose. I want you to think about that for a moment. God's put you where you are for a purpose. And it's not just to make money. It's not just to have like the bigger office, right? It, it's for you to share the love of Christ. It, it's for you to just say, hey, I wanna tell you what God's doing in my life. I wanna invite you. You have a purpose in your heart, in your life. As a church, we do this together. I love this. We do this together. See, here's how it works, right? Right? You have a friend, you have an extended family member, you have somebody at work, like the guy I was talking about, and you start to pray. You say, God, open a door. And then there's a time where they come and they say, hey, man, what, I need some help. Would you pray for me? I know, you're, I know there's something different about you. And you're like, yeah, I'd love to pray for you. And in fact, I'd love to invite you to church. And they go, well, I don't know. You know well, hey, we have church online. You can check it out. Come to church online. And, and so you may not even know, but one week they show up. <laughs> And they walk in the doors and, and they're greeted by somebody who's smiling or laughing, or they come in to the online service and there's somebody in the chat room and they're happy and they're like, people like being here. Man, this is different, you know, and there's just like there's exciting. And then they come in and then there's like, wow, the music and the word, they're like, that's different out here, that kind of music at church. Yeah, that's amazing. And then the word of God's taught, and they're like. Man, I feel like they're just talking to me. It's the Holy Spirit's working in their heart and life. And then they say, hey, can we get together? Can we go have lunch or or have coffee? And then you sit down and they say, tell me more. And you go, okay, I'd love to. This is what God's done in my life. And I'm not perfect, man. I make mistakes. I struggle sometimes. But I gotta tell you, there's a joy that comes. And then you watch their life be changed. And you just get so excited. You're like, I gotta tell somebody, look at what God's doing in their life. And you see their life come alive. Our, our communications team uh, put up this stat this past week on social media because last, last year, 2020, it was crazy. It was a hard year. I got to tell you, and as a pastor, we had to go online for 13 straight weeks, and I'm just praying like, God, really? Like, this is so hard. I don't even know. But, but then we started looking back at 2020, and look at this. 85 people gave their life to Christ. 85 people online alone raised their hand, gave their life to Christ. 215 prayer requests were prayed for and 24 countries tuned in. Like, really? We couldn't script that. I mean, God just opened the door. Somebody at Rolling Hills Church partner, after we posted that, he posted this. He said, hey, I just wanted to share with you. I know one of the people who gave their life to Christ. Thank you to the staff and the team and the church for helping with that. She was so excited and still is. These are real people tuning in online to experience a real God And what you're doing is making a difference in people's lives. And I just thought, wow, you know, we have such an opportunity. Extended family living in Ohio or California or people around the world. Hey, I wanna invite you to Jesus. And we do that together. All right, notice this one. We are called to make disciples of all nations. All nations, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Those first 11 are like, what? Nations, I mean, we go from Galilee about 80 miles to Jerusalem. We go back and forth. We haven't branched out. We know about Rome. We've heard about all these Greek places. But what do you mean going to the nations? (laughs) Jesus is like, just wait. You're going to go, and it's going to be incredible. Go to all nations. God has a heart for the nations. And see, I think this is the thing, right? These were 11 Jewish guys, which could have been easy to say, hey, it's all for Judaism. It's all for the Jews. But when they begin to open their hearts and look around, they realize that God had a heart for the world. That Jesus came to die for the sins of all people. All people matter to God. Hey, here's what Jesus says in Acts. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. See, when you give your life to Christ, God places his Holy Spirit within you. God's Holy Spirit is in you. You know that. But there's times that still small voice speaks. There's times when you, you go, oh, I shouldn't do that. Or there's conviction that happens. Or there's encouragement that happens. That's the Holy Spirit within you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Start at home, right? And that's where the early church started. These 11 disciples, there were some who doubted. But man, when the Holy Spirit came, Acts chapter 2, they got on fire for the Lord. The church came alive and the church started spreading out. Jerusalem. Jerusalem all Judea, the region where they were living, and Samaria. See, the Jews hated the Samaritans. And yet Jesus loves the Samaritans. He says, go to people who are different than you and to the ends of the earth. And to the ends of the earth. Man, that is powerful. See, this is why we go on mission trips. A lot of people are like, well, there's a lot of ministry that needs to be done here. Yeah, and we do a lot of ministry here, but we also go there. And so maybe God's gonna call you at some point. And go to Moldova or go to the Amazon. It's incredible. Or or go to South Africa. When you and I go and we see how other people live and we see that we have brothers and sisters in Christ in some of the poorest parts of the world who are just on fire for the Lord and we we have this kindred of heart, this is why we go and we see what God's doing in the world. Hey, we can't do everything, but we can all do something. You know, we can not do everything, right? I can't go on every mission trip. I can't give to every cause. That's out there. There are a lot of causes out there. and There are a lot of good causes out there. Everybody's asking for money. But listen, you have a limited amount of time and you have a limited amount of money. And so you have to realize, where am I gonna invest that? Am I gonna invest it to further God's kingdom? I can't do everything, but I can do something. Listen to God's voice when he prompts your heart. This is where we tie back in to last week, what we were talking about. As a people of God, John chapter 10, you listen to the voice of God. Because there will be times, when you're at work and God will prompt your heart. And, and you'll say, hey, can I pray with you? There'll be times, right, when there's just a need right before you and you go, that's it, I gotta give, I gotta do it. There's other times you go, I can't do that, I can't do it. But I could do this, I could do this. We can't do everything, but we can all do something. So we learn to listen to God's voice. A couple of years ago, I took our oldest daughter to Moldova. It was our first international mission trip. And I gotta tell you, it was amazing. We held off because... I wanted her to go, but but we were waiting until she got to be 15, and, and then she could go, and to watch her come alive, and, and these orphan children over there, they just loved her. American teenagers are like the coolest thing in the world, right, I mean, because everybody watches movies and music, and they think oh, they get it all together, but, but then you just got this American teenager on fire for the Lord, and they're like, wow, and I watched Grace serve, and I saw God working in her. Well, Mabry, who was 13 at the time, was like, I want to go, we're like, well, you can't go, you're too young yet, but but. You will one day. And so Mabry goes, well, I wanna sponsor a child. And through JMI Justice Mercy International, right, we, we sponsor children. And, and so Mabry started getting her babysitting money and she asked a friend and so they together do this. And they've been sponsoring this little girl, Nadia. I want to see Nadia. And sponsor sponsored her for two years. And uh, so this is what she got for, we send gifts over for Christmas, you know, through JMI and give her, you know, food and clothes. And, and, and she just wrote back and said, hello, you know, thank you for helping me and my grandmother. She lives with her grandmother. I I know this is hard uh, to help someone in times like like these, but I can say that you have a good heart. If you're doing this, I'm praying for you, and I hope I will hug you one day. (laughs) I just thought, you know, my daughter is like, you can't do everything, but here she's trying to do something and helping Nadia, an eight-year-old. Maybe God's called you to Sponsor child, you, you can't go internationally right now. None of us can, right? But, but one day, right, maybe you can, but maybe you can sponsor a child. You can go to Rolling Hills, you know, forward slash kingdom, and you can see, I want to sponsor child. I want to help out, $40 a month. I mean, come on, we can't do everything, but we can all do something. All right, look at this last one right here. Jesus promises to always be with you. Jesus promises to always be with you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Hey, let me just say this, guys. There's some times when, you know, things get hard or stressful and I'll be praying. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit prompts and just says, listen, I'm with you. It's okay. I'm with you always. And you hold on to this. If you underline your Bible, underline this. If you memorize, memorize this. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That Jesus is always with you. He is always for you. So be bold in Christ Jesus. Guys, let's be Bold. You see what happens sometimes is God puts somebody on our heart to invite to church or to say, I'm going to pray with you. And then what happens, is, you know, the enemy comes and goes, oh, you're going to mess it up. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're like, what? You know, and, or you're going to lose your job, right? You can't talk to anybody about Jesus at work because you're going to lose your job. I've never heard of anybody losing their job talking about Jesus about work, but it comes up every time, right? Because we have an enemy. And if we just go, get behind me, Satan. I want to be bold and share the love of Christ. I just want to tell people about Jesus, be bold. Here's the great news. You can't mess up. How freeing is that? God is sovereign over all. God is in control. You can't mess up. You you can't. You're just called to be obedient. You're called to be obedient and leave the results up to God. And so when you talk to your kids, you know, you're like, oh, they're going to get mad. No, they're not. They want to hear. When you pray with friends, when you pray with your spouse, you just... Plant seeds, and you just realize that God is at work and He is inviting me into His greater story. And there is such joy when we serve, there's such joy when we engage. Hey, Jesus is always with me. Jesus is always with me. You know, one of those first mission trips to Moldova, we heard about a girl who was 15, um, and she has been in the orphanage, was just really hardened. She was always getting in fights, and in fact, she was in the hospital when we went on that first time, and we had heard about her, and we were just trying to figure out how to help, and and so she came back to the orphanage, and then after a couple years, we were able to start this transitional home and have a place there, and Lisa and I started helping her, and as a church, we just kinda came around, and we were able to get her into the first grace house in Moldova, and her name's Elena, and Elena was there, and Elena, the first year, gave her life to Christ. And she has a 17-year-old. She gives her life to Christ. And, and, and her just whole life changed. I'm just telling you, I mean, where she was and, and, and the anger and the bitterness and resentment to where she became in Christ and this joy in the Lord. And so we were writing her and encouraging her and watching God work in her life. And, and she was struggling in school and math. And so we were talking with our national director over there and got her a math tutor. And sure enough, the math tutor was 21 and Elena was Nineteen by this point, and they fell in love, and you know it's like, this is great, you know, it's exciting because this guy John grew up in Kesedale, wonderful parents, godly man, and uh, he was majoring in math and was helping Elena. And the next year, uh, came over, and Elena said, "Can I meet you at McDonald's? I met there, and with the translator, we talked, and she said, John asked to marry me. Um, I want to do the wedding next year when you all are here, and would you walk me down the aisle?" I never walked anybody down the aisle, you know? I'm like, tear it up, and I'm like, man, Elena, listen, there's a whole church, there's a a whole group of people who love you and believe in you, and I would be honored to stand with you in that moment. And so there I was in Moldova, I never thought, you know, man, I'll be in this Eastern European country, taking the hand of this precious girl who we saw come to know Jesus and placing her hand into John's hand. And now, here we are, seven years later, and they have two children. (laughs) John went on to get his PhD in mathematics and teaches at the University of Chisinau there. He's a leader in his church. He's an A6 guy, a deacon there, and Elena works with the kids in the children's ministry, and then every summer, they host a camp for kids in their village, about 200 kids. They do the camp that we do. They just do it there. And I just thought, God, that's you. That's the church coming together, working together, you know, using the gifts and talents and praying and serving and going. And guys, you're changing hearts and lives. And you know what? Today, people need the Lord more than ever before. More than ever before. I saw this Gallup poll recently. And do you realize in 2019 to 2020, the mental health in our nation has gone dramatically lower. And you can see it, right? You can feel it. We've all felt it. But I saw this Gallup poll and it, And it looked and it tracked the decline in mental health across ages and races and income and socioeconomic status and even party affiliation. For men, right, it dropped 8%. For females, 10% in mental health. The only area, the only area that went up in mental health from 2019 to 2020, regular church attenders. The only place. Went up 4%. And you're thinking, really? Why? Because God's with us. (laughs) Because we come together as the body of Christ and we dive into God's word and we realize the peace of Christ who is with us, who is for us. And the joy in the Lord, we get to share God's good news to a world in need, to people who are hurting and searching and seeking. I talked with a woman in our church this past week and her mom passed away two weeks ago. And they hadn't been able to get into the hospital, to see her mom because of COVID and everything else. And, and so the day that her mom was gonna pass away, the doctor said, hey, you guys can come in. We, we know she's getting to the end of her life. And so her and her brother were able to be there with her mom and her mom loves the Lord. She's an amazing woman of God and this woman in our church. So I looked at my brother and I looked at my mom and I just realized what else do we have at this point but Jesus? I mean, there's nobody else who could come in here. It doesn't matter how much money my mom has or doesn't have my, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter her degrees. It doesn't matter what she did. All we have is Jesus. And he's enough. He's enough. And there was peace in the middle of that hospital room. There was peace knowing that we were gonna see our mom again. Knowing that we were gonna be together one day because of what Jesus has done for us. Guys, we need the Lord. And Jesus has come for you and for me. And aren't you thankful somebody told you about Jesus? And somebody invited you to church. Somebody shared the good news. And now Jesus says, go. Go. I don't know where you are today, but I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe today you just go, Jesus, I need you in my life. Man, I've felt my mental health declining. I've been struggling. I've been afraid. I'm worried. I'm anxious. Jesus, come and meet me right now in this moment. Please, I need you. Forgive my sins. My past sins, my present sins, my future sins. I I need you. And come into my heart. (laughs) Maybe today you just go, God, (laughs) you're enough. Your love and your grace, thank you. You're with me, you're for me. You promised to never leave me or forsake me. No matter what's going on in our country, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what's going on in the world, you are with me. That's enough. Maybe today God's put somebody on your heart and you know throughout this whole time that God's been speaking to you about praying with somebody or inviting somebody or encouraging somebody. Would you just say, okay, God, I'll do it. You're with me, you're for me, I'll do it. I'm your servant. So Father, here we are, your disciples today. God, these disciples back then, they got on fire for the Lord. And Father, just amazing what happened in the church, even through persecution, even through hard times. God, there've been disciples through wars and and through pandemics before. But Father, this is our time, this is our day. Father, I pray you would find us faithful. I pray that you would find us, Father, focused on you, listening to your voice, following you in our lives. God, we are holy, completely yours. This is your church and we are your people. So Father, thank you for your presence and thank you for your love and your grace. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit the website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and also ways that you can connect. We're thankful for you, and we hope that this podcast has enriched your life as a Christ follower.